Welcome fucking back. It's episode 38 of Off the Deep End Podcast, and lighting the joint next to me, joining me on this episode, is fellow comedian, fellow dad. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Drake Belt, everybody. Thanks for having me. That's when the, I really uh, appreciate that's when the applause happens. <laughs> applause <laughs> happening now. Imagine that applause. It's wild. It's uh, There's at least one or two hooper hollering type folks out there uh, in the imaginary applause. But, dude, yeah, I'm glad to be here in your backyard. You have fucking excellent dogs. Great choice in dogs. <laughs> Hell yeah, thanks, dude. What made you want to get, like, dogs? Like, are you are you always been a dog person? Yeah, I've grown up with dogs uh, most of my life. My wife's parents are super allergic to oh, yeah. animals, so we got them when we first started dating. Uh, and one of them's a family dog, so I, like, nice. took uh, it from my mom. So it was, like a, it was like a rebel move? It was like, now we got dogs. Yeah, 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 so, you know... And laws can't stay the night, you know, keep Ooh, it fresh. Ooh, that actually no, worked no. out in your favor. No, no, no. It's, uh... <laughs> you got cool in-laws? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know if they'd ever stay over. But, uh, no, it's been great. Having three dogs is a lot. I feel yeah. like moving from two to three is when people start thinking you're a little crazy. Oh, yeah. See, we're, we're the cats. We, we live in an HOA, so we can't have dogs that are above, like, a certain weight and high. Basically, any good dog. You girl, you're right. resigned to, like, Pomeranian, Chihuahua, wiener dog which i'd go for a wiener dog it's like half a basset hound but that's the one i've always always liked basset hounds i don't know fucking why i don't know why it, maybe it's their ears maybe yeah. it's because they always look depressed it's like real i've learned having <laughs> i've had so many different dogs but the basset hounds the one if i'm taking a dog out in public because mm-hmm. everybody wants to talk to me oh yeah or to him <laughs> and if you've ever had a basset hound in your life, you're going to approach another basset hound owner and let them know. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, my cousin's sister's friend had, like, <laughs> a basset hound, and yep. I saw a picture of it once. So, yeah. meet a lot so, of interesting people. So, we're in the club. So, basically, we're, you know, we're homies. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, I fucking miss having a dog. I'm just, I'm not going to break. I'm going to wait till I get a p- little piece of property to get another one, because I just see too many people in our age bracket that don't think uh, well, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna get a dog," and then they don't realize, you know, oh, well, that means I can't move into most apartments. That means it's just a a lack of foresight I see with our generation. And then the dog ends up in the fucking pound. It's sad to see. Yeah, that sucks. I got mine in Indiana. I've had all three in Indiana. Dang, are you from and, Indiana? Yeah, I grew up in Northwest Indiana, and I, I went to that. Indiana University. So that's where I met my wife and got all my animals. Dang, and what brings you to Tucson? Well, I was in Baltimore right mm-hmm. before this, so I moved from Indiana to Baltimore, and then I was just looking for a change of uh, scenery. Mm-hmm. Took a new job, so I work at the university. So, oh, nice, easy transition. Yeah, I guess that's a university does bring a lot of people. Same with Raytheon. There's like certain select things that just bring people here, but for the most part, like 
people rarely just stumble upon Tucson. Mine was kind of a weird one. My mom moved here like 12 years ago because my grandma was in a small town, St. David. It's like on the way to Bisbee. Super small town, like one Circle K. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's it. Two churches. More churches than Circle Ks. The guy uh, that does Steve-O's podcast mm. is, or the editor is moving yeah. to Tucson. I just heard oh, really? on that podcast. Yeah, I, that, that podcast is fire. He gets some really fucking good guests. Yeah, I listened to the Frankie Muniz one. Oh, yeah. He's in Phoenix, too, I believe, right? He's mm-hmm. doing, like, wine and stuff. I heard that he had this, like, he doesn't even remember certain episodes of Malcolm in the Middle. Like, he has some kind of, like, traumatic thing. He talks about injury. it in that episode, mm-hmm. so yeah. listen to all of... Corey's podcast first, and then go and listen then to that one. And you circle back to Steve-O, yeah. He, like, it, he covers it for the first time that he's uh, done, like, an interview, so. Dude, that's Pretty weird. good one. Um, when we when we had the baby, I had the Switch, and I could only access Hulu, and I was watching Malcolm in the Middle for, like, ten hours. My One of my dogs' <laughs> name is Malcolm, so Hell it's yeah. one of my fucking favorite shows, so. Hell yeah. I was going to ask if it was, uh, like, Mac Miller, if it was, because his name's Malcolm, too, so a lot of people, that's where they like Malcolm from, but, yeah. Um, fucking, I was going to say, dude, we're just two dads doing comedy, man. That's fucking really interesting because most people, I mean, we just got already have a unique perspective when it comes to having a baby around the pandemic time. Uh, my kid's 10 months. How, how old's your kid? Uh, almost, he'll be six months in January. Yeah, so, so five you're, and a half, you're six full months. pandemic yeah, baby yeah, yeah. just right along with me. And, uh, it has been a ride. Like I've had people on the outside be like, ah, okay, I could see how that could be a little different than how I'd had it. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's fucking. It's been a weird run. Also, trying to have, you know, a night to do comedy or multiple nights to fucking work on your shit. And uh, yeah, my wife was like, "I'm gonna, I'm pregnant." Mm. I was like, "I'm gonna start stand up comedy." I think <laughs> yeah. it's like a great it's time a gr- to start comedy. It's a great time to start comedy. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, mine. I didn't. I was gonna say I fucking started comedy like February 2019. And it was because I had nothing going on. I was like. I was like absolutely like like my first two months I was single and then I've been with my lady since uh, we're we're like about to be married next year and all that but um, thank you are you guys yeah we're married we're in like year three but we've been together for nice. this is year nine that we've been together so dang so quite a while so help me I'm, I I gotta like plan a wedding one of these days like how how did yours go do you have any like tips or pros or cons? I let her plan the whole thing is that the and, way to do it know, <laughs> worked out pretty well. I might have to resort to that. Yeah. yeah, my chick, she's the same. She's got all these ideas. She's like taking a bunch of uh, things she liked off of like TikTok, Instagram, whatever people have posted. But okay, well we're taking that, we're taking that element, and yeah, and just ones we've gotten to go to, you know, in the last like year or two. Yeah, I think like once you just start planning, you just gotta roll with it. You just and go, just like commit, commit, commit. Yeah. You have to commit a lot of time to just I, the planning I don't process. want it to be one of those things where, like, we never for sure put a date on it, and it's like the books I'll never release. It's like the fucking projects I'll never finish. It's well, like the, step one would yeah. be set a date, yeah. and then you could plan everything around it. there. Yeah. We made this promise. We are like, all right, well, as soon as we set a date, we got to keep it. And we, and we both were like, all right, we're both going to, like, get in shape, too. And it was like, so that was, like, double motivator, and that's what I say every time we're at Five Guys. I'm like, remember the promise. <laughs> I say that every morning, and I look at it, and I'm like, maybe I'll start working out again. I'll tell you right now, it's never stopped us from ordering Cajun fries once. Oh, absolutely. It's never once, and those are fucking, you never should pass up that opportunity. They're so good. Um, Yeah, dude, fucking. So how long have you been doing comedy for? Where's your comedy road begin? I I moved to Tucson in the summer of 2019, Mm -hmm. and I took some improv classes. Oh, nice. Just trying to get out there and meet people. 
And so I went to like one or two open mics for stand-up in November of 2019 and then didn't do anything until February of 2020 and hit it as hard as I could and then pandemic and did nothing. So Yes, Yes. that that stopped a lot of like wheels in motion. A lot of people with momentum suddenly were sitting. Well, Um, yeah, I was brand new to the scene. So to me... Do you remember the days before pandemic though? You have like a a, a memory of them still? Because they were, for me... Post pandemic and pre pandemic are different comedy scenes. Like there used to be people. Now it's like very rare that if you if you're a, a showrunner and you can get civilians, that's a that's props because it's it's just harder now. I don't know. I think the only thing I can say that would be different is the earlier in the week mics had people watching. Yeah. Like there's still people that'll go out on Thursdays or Friday Saturday yeah. shows, but you know, yeah. Monday Tuesday mics used oh, to yeah. have. Oh yeah. Huge bar crowds and i just don't see that as yeah. much at least at the open mics i'm at i think that's all around with bars too i think any of our friends in the bar industry would be like yeah dog we seen a difference too um because yeah it just fucking it hit everybody different and entertainment dude like yeah like just not the time like there was a lot of times where i was sitting around couldn't do shows nobody's doing any shows and i have a joke about it but i was just like yeah dude i'm gonna fuck around and join the neighborhood watch because there's nothing going on uh and did you no i didn't oh you should i should have I hate my HOA. I don't want to serve them in any way. I would just be like the worst. I'd be the most corrupted neighborhood watch member there. Just ever go was. with like the malicious compliance where you just follow everything to a T oh, and just yeah. drive them fucking me? crazy. They're like, you weren't supposed to come after me. It's like everybody, motherfucker. You double parking on a Sunday, motherfucker. I like just getting all crazy with them. But yeah. yeah it's nice not having an HOA. So. Oh, dude. Just follow city rules and I'm good. Yeah, dude. There's something about like if you live in a, in a homeowner's association. That means old people kind of run your life. Old people with nothing to do can just pop in and just kind of like, I don't know, just fuck your life up in small ways. That's very annoying. It's none of them are like that bad, but it's like annoying. Like, like my motorcycle got stolen for the second time because they wouldn't let let me park it inside a gate that we own because it can't, the gate is within a hundred feet of the front door, and there's some rule, some jackass in the '80s like set his motorcycle on fire or. Maybe while he was working on it, it spontaneously combusted. They never explained to me how this happened and why it's still a rule, but they were like, you can't do it. There's no maybe way Maybe like the it. other things that guy was doing should yeah, have been the rule. No, like, maybe like, don't do pro- that. Maybe it was the meth? I don't know. Because either way, like his motorcycle caught on fire within 100 feet of the front door, and now there's a rule about it. And I told him, I'm like, my motorcycle's been stolen once previously. I pr- I'll fucking I'll turn it off and walk it in. I'll drain the gas out. I was trying to make a deal, and they weren't having it. And they were like, not my problem. So when it got stolen again, I got in everybody's face. I'm like, not your problem, huh? I was like the fucking, yeah, super annoyed at everything. But it's that's what it goes with. But it's like super cheap. Like that's the the fucking upside is like you save money because you buy it up front and then you pay just a homeowner's association every month. They like take care of your lawn and yeah. all that shit too. Yeah, and then they'll get on your ass if your shit's not the right color or whatever. Like they're, It's like stupid shit like that. But I look at my homie who's got a piece of property, but he has to drive 45 minutes into town to get anywhere because uh, he's out in three points and I, I think eh, at least he has a dog though like that's his upside <laughs> right he could have multiple dogs so not me uh, you're a dad comedian as well dad yeah. casting how do you uh, mm-hmm. do it all dude uh, you've been doing in the scene a while it's like such a struggle to yeah. dude tight schedule get man. out there dude tight schedule so it's like I run my mic on Tuesday nights I figure I got one more night in the week to do a podcast, and then maybe I'll sneak in a little something extra. But, yeah, it's mostly – I think it's myself. I think I could get to more if I wanted to, 
But, like, I just want to be, like, a super good dad. I want to be, like, there and shit. I don't know. I think it stems from, like, my relationship with my dad. Are you on good terms with your dad? Uh, I mean, now, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if, like, the, my whole life. I'm in that same boat, yeah, where I'm trying to be cool We can be now, cordial but... around each other and mm-hmm. hang out. Yeah. He doesn't have to take care of me anymore, provide, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. any of that. Any Do that. you feel like any of your dadding, your dad, your dadding, come, stems from your dad? Do you think your dad influenced your dad styly? Uh, probably not at all. Yeah. Uh, my parents separated when I mm. was, uh, like, eight months. So, oh, shit. Okay, so. You know, typical half of Americans out mm. there can sympathize with mm. what that's like. So, my dad's actually getting married on New Year's this year. That's And it's going to be his fourth, uh, <laughs> wife. So, I've been there through them all. Hey, lucky number four, right? I'm officiating, apparently, so oh, I'm really shit. excited for that. I mean, so, yeah, we're, That's like, close good. enough for that to happen. Are you going to do any material? <laughs> yeah, you know, he just said, keep it really short. He does yeah. not know that I do stand-up comedy, <laughs> so I definitely He's would not for a good one. be like, hey, check this out. Uh, <laughs> Throw off a couple zingers. <laughs> but, yeah, not that, yeah, I just, he doesn't know I do stand-up, but not because he wouldn't like it. We just... Mm-hmm. Pretty basic conversations. Yeah, just keep it arm's length, yeah. My dad came through here and came to one of my shows, and he, he seemed to have a good time. But, yeah, like, he just, I don't know, he's one of those guys who, who were like, ah, oh, we're good, nothing, ha- nothing happened, man, we're sick. And it's like, no, no, I remember everything. I remember everything, motherfucker. Yeah, my dad, I would say my dad's that traditional uh, conservative motorcycle riding yep. father yep. from the Midwest, so. Yep. Uh, I never needed for anything. Yeah. Except like emotional support sometimes. Was he like uh, military family background? No, nah, uh, I come from a family of steel workers, so oh, nice. like I'm the first guy in my family not to work at U.S. Steel. Nice, but you're working at the U of A. I yeah, mean, it's chill. Like, yeah. no, they don't. I mean, yeah. they're like super proud. It's awesome. Oh, that's cool. So that's good. I'm the first guy say. in my family to go to college, so that mm-hmm. was like a good deal for oh, my dad. Yeah. Um, no, super proud of me. It's awesome. No, it's tight. Fucking uh, sometimes, yeah. Like families, I, I like. My buddy got me a job when I went back to Washington State in the orchards, and it's like it's one of those family-run things where it's like a family they want you, like they want you to do what you want, but they do want you to stay in the business, and it's like that, and it's usually good, like you know what I mean? It's a better opportunity than most people from the get-go, Word, and they'll yeah. like they'll like either be down for it or they won't. Um, but yeah, family businesses can be tough. Like I don't, I look at my family, like I don't know if I could work with my family. My mom and uh, former stepdad. Uh, owned a gymnastics and dance and cheer studio. Nice. And so that was like one of my first like real legal jobs was mm. uh, being a janitor there. Oh and yeah. And then I was like coaching for a while. So nice. Uh, my oh, first job was a janitor senior. too. Oh yeah, yeah cool. I started as a janitor right here in Tucson. That's like it's a lot of people's first job. It's either bus boy or janitor. Yeah, I did both. I yeah. busted a restaurant. One, I was just eating at this restaurant with my mom mm. and the parents that uh, the family that owned it their daughter went to our cheer studio mm-hmm. and my mom was talking to the owner and the owner was just saying how stressed she was because their busser didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And my mom said, Oh, Drake, will just start working for you. And just we drove, <laughs> we drove to Kmart, got nice. a black shirt and she drove me and dropped me off and said, she'd pick me up at nine. Hell yeah. So we didn't finish our meals. You got it to go. We just immediately went into that's she how I started like, busting buggy tables. It was definitely interesting. That's awesome. No, that's cool. I like, 
I don't know. Sometimes you're like, why would you throw my name in the hat? But sometimes it works out good. Sometimes you're like, hey, thanks for throwing my name in the hat. Did it work out? How did how did that go for you? It was good. My yeah. friend's mom tipped me a condom once nice, as like a joke, dude. and I was like super embarrassed. But now I look back, I was like, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, so. that's tight. I fucking so I started as a janitor. I just wasn't a good janitor, dude. I was not a fucking not down with fucking mopping that long. And uh, I was working at Brookline College. Uh, and you'd think it'd be like a really nice place, but people were still shitting on the walls. You know what I mean? It was wild. Um, so I didn't, I didn't last there long. But second job, like that, I really liked out here in Tucson was pizza delivery, dude. That was a chill ass job. That sounds nice. And uh, yeah, and then I worked, you know, parts delivery for years now. But pizza delivery was chill, dude. It was like they wanted you to be high on the job. You know what I mean? Like the guy getting the pizza wanted you to be high because he knows you're gonna care about that pizza. Do you get uh, tips and joints or just? A circles, couple people, and every one circles. of them, every one of them went to the U of A. So I can nice. never say anything bad about U of A kids that never tipped because they they did exist. But the ones that gave me hits of weed when I was fucking stressed out, fucking running on energy drinks and 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 supplementing all of my income with a pizza shop food because that's what you do when you work in food industry. You're like, oh, save a bunch of money by just eating at work. And uh, those people that gave me weed, those are my favorite people, dude. That's the fucking. Tip your pizza guy in weed today. I can't recommend it enough, folks. Do you think like the pizza delivery drivers over the pandemic got less joint hits and Probably. stuff? Probably. You know, maybe Man, it must have really hit them in their hard. Favor. I bet a few of them got a whole joint. Like where they would have just got a hit, they're like, oh no, I can't risk it. Take the whole joint. Oh, so okay. probably a small percentile made out well, but the rest of them, it was like, sorry, bud. Getting sober on I the job there now. Yeah, I can't risk it, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but pizza delivery was super chill. Like it's one of those jobs that, like, as a as a twenty one year old, which I was twenty one when I was doing it, you see guys doing it at forty, at like thirty five, and like fucking just when they can barely drive. So it's like one of those like everyone's doing it as a fallback. Um, but yeah, now I just started a job as a fucking part salesman. So I just I'm just I'm just a salesman all day, and it it is not good for comedy. I'll say that much. I haven't written a single joke. Um, and it reflects. I, I bombed so hard at the open mic last week. Cause I, and it's like you know. That's what an open mic's for, though, yeah, right? Sometimes you know going in, you're like, this is about to suck. And it was one of those nights. And I was like, ah, oh, let's roll with it. And uh, But at least being the host, I got to at least get a couple good ones in between comedians. So yeah. You know what I mean? You don't end on a sour note and stay that way. All I feel like night. I have that feeling almost every time I show up at an open mic and I park the car. It's mm. just, I yeah, don't know. You have that, oh, how's this going to go? We going in? We go. Is, either way, you're going in usually if you've driven there. I've never driven to a mic and then left. No, no, so I've no, never, no. yeah. Just had to fake it. Yeah, it's I've, I've like, had times where I wanted to or like a show or something I didn't feel like I was ready for. Um, speaking of which, what's been your favorite show you've been on so far? What a great question. Yeah, dude. I'm a regular Nardwar. Uh, I think the first... I th- uh, So Chris Quinn booked me on a late night Saturday, which was the first one that mm-hmm. I was on. It was like 11 o'clock shows? Uh, yeah, one of those 11, o'clock, lo- 11 those o'clock ones. Yeah, those and so rule. I think literally that first one I went on, mm. I felt so good after and started thinking to myself, maybe I could... Mm-hmm. do this more than just i mean i'm not gonna be on netflix or anything yeah, but yeah, maybe yeah. i could do this like around tucson is more than just a side hobby or yeah, maybe i could feel a little better so, about doing this yeah i definitely oh. think that changed my perspective and helped my writing a lot more so mm-hmm. i've definitely been on shows that are crazy wild fun or super weird i just did the lady haha show yeah at artabella and i feel like every show at artabella is just wild yeah. insane 
It's um, like, uh, fucking, they got cannabis and alcohol. I don't know how they did it, but fucking. But you can't smoke inside, so, right? Oh, wait, Harambe, so they're separated? So you can, like, use a vape inside, uh-huh. but you can't, you have to smoke flour on their back porch. Oh, okay, cool. You can be my inside perspective now, because I've never made it there. Anytime they do a show, it's on a Tuesday. They're my competition. I never get to enjoy it. Well, they do the, th- this one was a Thursday show. Oh, good. Okay. Fuck, I gotta, I gotta go to one of those, because I am curious. So you smoke weed on the back porch at this place? Yeah, and it's, then inside it's a bar. I always say on stage, I'm like, well, <laughs> give it up for Artabella. Yeah. Like you get to vape inside and smoke weed outside. Yeah. Like every bar, they're, like, they're doing the. Uh, uh, it's like, like every bar in Tucson. I've yeah. never been anywhere else where that's been. Yeah, we an just issue. can't advertise it. So. Yeah, exactly. Now I don't know if it's because of the fans or whatever, but. I know, like, Kenny did the Harambe show. Yeah, I was and on And then the Artabella one was right afterwards. Mm-hmm. But it was right after the Harambe one where you could get really high inside. Yeah. And so we thought it would be like that. Yeah, and so it you wasn't go in and like got that. different rules at different <laughs> Because places. it's like an art venue, too. Yeah. So they paint and shit. Yeah. The Harambe Cafe is great. We've just done, like, two podcasts there these last couple of weeks. And they were, like, super nice, like, having us there. Um, and when we did the comedy show, it was fucking, it was excellent too because, yeah, so everybody, it was like you could bring your piece, you could load it up and just smoke it wherever you're sitting. They they normally allow dab rigs, uh, but you have to have a hand torch, you can have a big old propane tank. Okay. Um, but it, the main rule there is even if it's a joint, it's like you have to hit it while you're sitting down. Like you I have a hand be, torch if you, you can't ever need be, one. You can't be walking around with the torch or walking around <laughs> with a fat blunt or yeah, yeah, backwoods yeah. about to fucking go down. Um, Safety first. But I was still on stage, and I, I, it was so funny because I, I, I opened up. I was hosting for the show. So I opened up, and I had this thing. I was like, I'm going to light up a joint while I do my jokes because this is a place where I can do that. And I kept thinking before I went on, I'm going to forget to light that joint. So I told my fiancé, I'm like, hey, remind, like, do a hand sign if I'm halfway through my set and I haven't lit up a joint yet. And I got through my whole set. She was so mad at me. She's like, I was making the hand sign the whole time. You didn't even look at me once. And I was like, I was that in the zone. I didn't even yeah, remember so the smoke hand the whole time on the yeah. joint. I was literally, I didn't even light the joint. I didn't even think about the joint. After my set, I was like, damn, I got too high to smoke a joint. That happens, yeah. though. Like at House of Bards last week mm. when we were on the back patio. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is like Willy Wonka. It's, uh, this is never. En- I went and sat by myself yeah. next, near Dom, and I was just like, I'm gonna watch every person and just <laughs> drink some water, dude. Yeah. Uh, stop vibrating. I got pretty high at that one too. I also got pretty drunk. I don't know. At some point, I just got the fuckets, and I was like, Hey, Justin, I'm getting drunk tonight. And he's like the best bartender ever. He's like, I got you. And then, then yeah. it was over from there. And then, uh, you know, Chris had come, and we were smoking with him, and. His weed was just really good, so uh, that's what we're smoking tonight, too. And you had a fucking dank pre-roll just now, but I love smoking and, and doing comedy. That's why I love that's awesome, man. That's why I hope to do a show at Art Bella someday. I just, the people that are running it aren't necessarily the biggest fans of me, so I probably, it's not happening. Yeah, they're Booker. Uh, yeah, I just haven't really, I don't know them very well, but. Yeah, I, I was going to say. I definitely heard it's been not, like, the easiest to get stuff going yeah um with that spot too i think they've been through like three different showrunners there i think they've just kind of been like because I, I know joey g's about to do a show there coming yeah, up. yeah yeah so they're just kind of seeing who can bring a crowd and who can get it popping and that's cool uh like most well, i know venues, they want to rotate yeah. tuesday so mm-hmm. they want to do comedy on tuesday but i don't think they want to commit to a person oh, like every week so yeah. that would be their dream is four or five yeah. showrunners that are who, down to do shows yeah semi-regularly popping yeah and that's all it's about um dude show running's fucking another monster sometimes i feel like i get more progress in it because it is it's not like comedy it is something you can sit down 
and actually work on and get progress, whereas comedy doesn't always feel that way. Sometimes it feels like you don't make direct forward progress, like all your progress is like weird sidesteps or something. I don't know how you feel about comedy, but... Well, I got to imagine that hosting, one of the benefits of it, even just uh, an open mic would be the in-betweens. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. it's like way beyond just your set. I mean, for me at the open mic, I'm trying so hard just to perfect my material mm-hmm. that if I'm on a show where the audience wants to interact with me and I interact with them, it fucks me up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because I'm not used to doing it. Yeah. And... If I interact with someone at an open mic, it's usually an inside joke mm-hmm. with like all the comedians that are there. Yeah. So totally different vibes. And uh, yeah. So yeah, I think hosting and producing shows has to have that benefit. Yeah. I will say, um, so I'm a very like long winded comedian. I'm not, I'm no Cody Stuckey. Um, so they really, and I got a lot of shit for this. People just like, they like giving me shit. I think I'm just a really like, I'm a, like a, I'm a guy you can ball bust. And so they, they often will. And a lot of the shit I got when I first started the mic, because that was my first time hosting was our own show. I'd never done it at Laughs. I'd mm-hmm. never done it anywhere. Um, but they would be like, ah, you can't be running long ass jokes in between comedians. Like you got to do like go in there, get a short, quick one. And I was like, that's the problem is all my shit's long, dude. I don't, I'm like, God storyteller or something. I mean, like if it's that. your show, you can do whatever you and want, I right? Did it anyway, like, and they got over it and they complained and you know what? I'm still doing it. I'm, I kind of I shortened it up. I do like the quicker ones cuz I have learned to just hey, you don't have to, and not everything has to be a fucking essay yeah. or a short story, which is the way it was coming out for a long time. And uh storytelling's definitely my weakness in regards to comedy. It's mm. There's a this show, difference to tell a funny story. If the show was still up. around, you would benefit from it because it was a sh- it was a comedy show and it was run by Alex Cack and Josiah Osego, and it was like you had to tell two truths and a lie, like story, and the crowd had to guess which one was fake. So doing that oh, would sick. probably benefit you. It would help work that skill. Should get something like that popping again. Just that that idea for a show. It was so fun. Like the crowd I just met Josiah for the first time. Oh, he's um, great. I love. I Josiah. did a show with him at Blackrock this weekend. Oh yeah, Mo Urban show. How did that show go? It was awesome. It was a good. It was an engaging crowd, and that to me is always the most important. So nice. Yeah, it's um, a smaller venue, so I've never been to Blackrock Brewery. That's on to like me. The it east feels side, right? like when I'm driving up to it, I'm going to an Amazon shopping center because mm-hmm. it's in middle of like a warehouse oh, district. Yeah. But it's really nice inside, and they have nice beers and stuff. So, yeah, it was a good what's vibe. Up? Yeah, it, they got a lot of, like, home brews, like their own beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's up. That's what I loved about the spot that I started at. I started at Joel Martin, Jared Martin's cousin, mm-hmm. uh, at Corbett Brewery. And uh, they had a lot of, like, really good, like, home beers. Like, they had this one that's called, like, the Grizzly Bear Ale. And I was automatic, like, that's my beer. Like, and they had it for me every time I showed up. And it was, like, five bucks a beer. But I'm okay with paying five bucks a beer when it's quality, when it's, like, good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we got a lot of good ones down here, dude. Like, when I go to House of Bards, I always get Barrio Rojo. Like, that's my go-to. Oh, nice. It's fucking bomb, dude. I was drinking so, Barrio Blondes, like, yeah, water yeah, at yeah. the festival this weekend. Mm-hmm. What, the uh, street fair? Yeah, this, or the street fair. That's yeah, street fair. No, nah, it's the same thing. My mom goes for seasoning salt every year. There's this seasoning salt oh, guy sick. that she will live and die by. I only bought beer, but it oh, was yeah. we went. We took the kid and mm-hmm. walked around and met some people down there. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, something it's a to time. do. It's a, it's a family event. We just it was do, cool um, seeing a lot of people out. Oh yeah, and seeing the old ways. And you know back. it's outside, so you feel safer if yeah. that's a concern of yours. But yeah. It was definitely really crowded. Yeah. Um, we went to the zoo, I think, weekend before last. And our little one's 10 months, so she's, she still can't quite focus on everything, mm-hmm. like what's going on. 
But it was kind of fun just to take her. But there was like two animals that were like eye level, and it was like the meerkat, and then they had these big ass fish that she could she kind of actually zoned in on and could see them, everything they're doing yeah. and whatnot. Everything else was too far away or too big, and she was like looking at everything else. And but it was like a really fun family friendly thing to do. And I don't know, I've, I've been kind of struggling to find like things I can do with my baby and yeah. my fiance. Um, but yeah, Mine still doesn't yeah. walk or anything, mm-hmm. so doesn't yeah. he can track movement, but mm-hmm. we're not. We he's just not started seen crawling, anything. dude. Ten months, well, almost eleven, but we just started crawling, and it's like it's like it's real now. Like everything in there the you house. Go. You gotta got watch, it. watch him. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Like fucking it, before, it was like, yeah, you got like half eye it. You could play a game or zone out on your phone. Now it's like, no, no, it's something bad will happen. Like every time, like guaranteed. And, uh, yeah, we got cats, um, and so she'll just, like, stalk and hunt the cats. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Fucking hilarious. But one of them's a little older, so it's like, all right, you now it's cruel. Okay, now it's cruel. It's Has cruel. she always liked her pets, the yeah, cats and stuff? she's been interested in them day one. They knew day one to keep a wide range around her, and now they have to keep a wider one because they're like, oh, shit, this thing moves now, so they have to update to it, too. I uh, feel my dogs really want, uh, really excited about my son. Oh, yeah. But... My son could care less about oh, the dogs. He's not even into the dogs. He can look at them, but he mm. is never excited. Mm-hmm. By, he's just, they are here <laughs> like, as yep. part of our life. He's the roommates. Awesome. Yeah, so. this is the biz. He likes people. Yeah, that's cool. I fucking, I gotta say, I feel like I wanted a boy going into it, and I got a girl, and I'm totally fine with it. Did you want a boy going into the pregnancy? I really didn't care. Either way, would have been cool. I, I mean,. I think naturally men are more inclined to want boys. and Yeah, I think so, too. I think that I, was part of it, yeah. I think women or my wife's kind of leaning towards a boy, too, because mm-hmm. they traditionally yeah. are stereotypically no, I feel like it's, it's just a historical easier. thing. Like, we've just always... Right, you just yeah. stereotype it in. But no, we yeah. didn't know that... We really didn't know what the sex of the baby was until oh, you didn't um, even, we gave birth. Oh, so. that's awesome. Props to you. That you you're like a type of person who can wait till Christmas to I find out what their gifts are. I would have paid the <laughs> ultrasound tech. Oh, they just like wouldn't a grand a to know. <laughs> but they won't. They won't tell they me. They will. So yeah. turns out they're not as chill as we thought. I mean, I didn't call them and harass them to yeah, tell me, yeah. but they well, he definitely didn't like meet you in the parking lot no, afterwards. I, like, I would nothing, like to know with and an envelope you know? sealed. So <laughs> yeah. no, that I do a bit about it, and 100% true that. We didn't know what it was. That's tight. Nah, I mean, we couldn't wait. Like, you know what I mean? And then she got all on the gender reveal, and that was fun. And, yeah, I don't think there's a reality where we could have waited until the day. We're just too eager. You know what I mean? Um, But, yeah, now she really wants to uh, She wants to have a boy, so she wants to keep trying. So we might have another kid in the future. But I feel like I'm in the same boat as my friend Bolin, and I just can only make girls because he's, he's, <laughs> he's two girls in. And they are like, all right, maybe we can't make a boy. Maybe this is what it is. See, my dad has two kids, me and my brother. So he Mm -hmm. had two boys, and his sister had two girls. Mm -hmm. So now, uh, and his dad had one of each, and his grandpa had one of each. Mm -hmm. I don't know what what the inclination is to have a boy and a girl, but that seems to be just like, not just the American, but yeah, overall, like everybody, that's what everybody wants. My wife just wants an even number of kids. Yeah. And so to her... (laughs) It's and it's more than two, which I don't think mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, is right. down with. But yeah. I've uh. I've heard it gets easier the more. But you one is man. I was telling her too because at first she didn't want a second kid, and I was telling her I'm like the trauma will fade. You'll forget all the 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 fucking delivery room trauma. You'll forget all about it, and you'll want another kid. 
but it was so fresh, like when it had happened, that she was like, "Nope, I'll never forget." Nope, nope. And then yeah, sure enough, that's exactly what fucking happened. I mean, my wife's ready to get pregnant again. Yeah, she, she's yeah. like, the doctor said six months, and we'll see them. Yeah. Like that's January. <laughs> that's we just had yeah. this baby. Yeah. Well, and like sometimes it's all in the master plan. It's like because we want like our kid to be like a little bit old, independent, and like have at least a little bit of uh, knowing what it's like to be an only child before. We have right. the next kid, but we also want them to be at an age where they'll still kind of hang out and play. And like I said, that's everybody trying to puppet string, like quarterback the play and make it so the kids are. It's like it, after four or five, they're going to definitely be mm. not in the same school. Yeah, so. they're not going to be on the same frequency on most subjects, too. You know what I mean? Uh, like interests just shift after like five years, I feel. Did you? Uh, do you have siblings? I have a sister who's one year older than me. Oh, nice. And then I, I have a super weird story. So I. I've talked about this on the podcast, I think. Uh, I, we're just old school white trash. Uh, I love. I say that in a loving way. If my family's listening, uh, but we're like we have. I have two brothers I've never met. Yeah, they were the old. They were both put into adoption, but they. It was like a full a whole thing. Uh, but either way, there's two motherfuckers out there that look like me, and I've heard that the older one he's really successful and he is like a fucking sheriff or something. So I've always, I've been high and I've been thinking one day I'm gonna get pulled over by myself. It's gonna be the weirdest. Exchange. He doesn't even live in Arizona, <laughs> but I'm like already imagining. I'll be like, I, lo- I like he knocks on the glass, license registration. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. That's me. But yeah, it's just because they're all over the place, and we've had like no contact. It's one of those things where they had the opportunity to hit us up when they turned 18, and they refused. Yeah. So you just politely be like, all right, well, I'll just leave you alone. Mm-hmm. And if you ever want, I'm here. If you ever fucking, if you ever listen to Off the Deep End podcast, and you yeah. are actually biologically my brother, come and meet Corey. Corey's <laughs> a great dude. Say, He's really kind-hearted. Um, but yeah, I've always been curious about it. But yeah, I just grew up in a, a two-sibling household, and we were one year apart, so we were like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there were times where she fought my bullies for me, and I got oh, shit because my sister had to fight my battle. And you know what? I didn't give a fuck. I was like, yo. I didn't have to do shit. Why are you giving me shit for fucking finding a way, a loophole in the system? You know what I mean? I didn't have to do nothing. And, yeah, and most kids, like, if you're, you know what I mean, if you're getting yelled at by someone's sister, that's usually enough of a paralysis. Like, it was, like, young. It was, like, second grade days. So yeah, that's enough to fuck up anybody's day. But I did get – I talked about this on the podcast once, too. I did get beat up at a super young age by just a psychotic kid. And, uh, yeah, he, like, straight up used, like, WWE moves he had seen on TV on me, and I was not ready for it. (laughs) I've never been in a fight. Um, thankfully. Do you have any yearning to? No, Are you not at like, all. Like I'm straight like, up I'm good great on it. About it, no, I'm good. I had I, my I, dad's been in a yeah. lot of fights, and I'm seen it, and I'm good. I had the yearning, dude. When I was fucking not even 21, I was like the first of my friends to get a house. Well, I was it, dude. Like we would just get drunk and we'd like fucking scrap, and it was like the dumbest shit. Like we never had any safety equipment. My buddy Vince is listening. His head got split open. And he was trying to come inside my house. And I was like, stay outside. You're bleeding. And I was like, let me go get you a dirty towel or something. Like, we had nothing. We weren't ready for it. And it was dumb. It was a dumb thing to want to do because I'm also fucked up for life because of it. I have a tooth that's broken. My jaw, I can't eat out pussy for more than two minutes. Like, it's a condition. My jaw got kicked once. It's a great two minutes, though. And you know what? That's the thing. I'm going to stick to it. I don't have a doctor's note, but I'm like, yeah, it's a medical condition. Um, what's your excuse? Um, yeah. But, um, <laughs> But fighting was super dumb, and I, I, I try to, like, track back, like, where I was drawn to it and stuff, and it was, like, I got swept up by Fight Club. Just yeah. It's the best book. It's the best movie. I was, I've was i seen it more times than any movie, probably, and I just got, got kind of sucked up into it. And the and I got to meet the author, Chuck Palahniuk. He's a super cool dude. He came to a comic book store here in Tucson. Word. He was promoting uh, Fight Club 2 as a comic okay, book. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and I got to meet him. And dude, he, I sort of got when I brought a copy of Fight Club, and he was like, "All right, I'll sign it." His he his he had such a fucking like sly like. Man, if only all the all the masculine dudes that lived by this book knew it was satirical. <laughs> like, if only they knew that the guy who wrote it was fucking with them. And I was like, yeah, that wasn't totally me also. <laughs> I went through a phase in undergrad <laughs> where we, from talking about Fight Club, mm-hmm. and we had never been in fights, mm-hmm. and we were like, we and should just like, And so like, on our way back home, mm-hmm. we'd be drunk, and we'd just punch each other, but it'd be in like, the arms, or we'd yeah. like, slap each other in the face, but definitely weren't fighting yeah. by any means, but we'd act like we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dude, it gets, it, it's that exact line that's the fucking cut of the movie they always ask you, how you know what you can do if you've never been in a fight, or they ask you, or what was it? It's like a fucking... They're just saying like it's it's the and it's in every dude's head like, you know what I mean? What what would happen if I got punched in the face? I've ne- and it, it, here's the thing: is getting punched in the face doesn't make you more prepped for the next time you get punched in the face. It's yeah. still gonna fuck you up. You know what I mean? But there's this thought, and you know, guys will fucking get like brain injuries for life chasing it. That it's gonna help you, and it and it's, for the most part, learning martial arts shit will help you in a street fight. But like any martial artist, they don't let themselves get punched in the face. They know it's bad for you. It's debilitating. You don't want to end up like Rocky, who fucking his doctor's like, don't do it, Rocky. Yeah, I feel like I just don't handle pain, and mm-hmm. I just get hit, and I'd be like, oh, wait, can we not fight? Yeah. Well, see, I'm that's, sorry. We that's could be mad. That, um, I have, like, small pain tolerance, like a pinch or a hair pull. I'm like, fuck, that hurt. And I always thought I had small, like, I didn't have good pain tolerance. But then it's like, I got, like, I've broken two hands on my face. Two different hands have been broken on my face. And they gave up the fight, and I was like, no, let's keep going. So I was like, my pain tolerance is pretty high. But it's like, it's one of those things like you don't know that until your adrenaline's rushing. And that's where a lot of people get looped into, well, I've never figured it out. I might as well fight my best friend and figure <laughs> it out. And so I think that's a lot of people's story. Uh, or you just get into weird street shit. Because in Tucson, I have no shortage of friends who have just been minding their own damn business. And next thing you know, you're in a street fight. Because it's just one of those cities where there's a lot of really good sides. And then they all kind of bleed together with the not so good sides. Yeah. Have you had any sketchy uh, incidents in Tucson? No, re- I mean, definitely people that have said stuff, but no one that's ever tried to attack mm. me. I don't know. I feel like I have this persona of mm. I'm not worth anyone's time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, a, hey, I'm just, I'm just here, man. <laughs> yeah. White, heavy yeah. set dude walking through town. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, what are you, what are you going to gain? Come on, buddy. Yeah. It might benefit me to uh, <laughs> get like my identity stolen a little bit. So. Yeah, he's like, you know what? He's just going to share. He's just going to get this a lot my, of likes. I'm getting my serial security <laughs> number out of the podcast <laughs> at the end. <laughs> if I beat this guy up, he's going to get a ton of likes and retweets. You know what? I'm not even going to give him the benefit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, yeah, like it's, I, I fucking, I've had a lot of good times here and I met a lot of really great, like random strangers here, but I have had no shortage of weird, like only can be described as Tucson incidents. And, uh, yeah, dude, like I tell a joke about one of them and some people ask me if that's like a real thing, but I did get knocked out my first week here. Uh, and it was so fucking annoying. Uh, and I just, I kind of judged Tucson. I kind of put it in a shitty light after that, but. And then I find people that are like, oh, I've never had a bad experience. Oh, it's great. And so I, I can like take the, Ubers uh, and shit. Yeah. So I, most of the time are, I'm not walking all over mm. the place. And yeah, I've only been here a couple of years. So mm. I only have specific areas I'm coming yeah. to. Yeah. And like I said, like I, I've known now that I'm more in a uh, like a fucking personal job where I see lots of people per day. I'm like making more random relationships with old folks. And there's a lot of them that have lived there their whole life and been like, I didn't know there was a ghetto here. I didn't know. <laughs> they only live in their little corner of the world on, like, you know, in the hillside or, you know, wherever they're from. 
And yeah, it's just it's one of those things. Like yeah, you'll if you have no reason to go to the ghetto, you never know about it. And I think it's only because I've worked pizza delivery, parts delivery. I I have to go to the to the dirty underbelly. Yeah, I've never it. driven a lot, so mm. I'm a horrible driver. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll just admit it. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like basically here to downtown and here to House Bards and. Mm. About my circle, Catalina. Yeah, when I went there the Catalina first time, I was like, "Holy yeah. shit, this place can't be where we're going." Yeah, felt forever. Oh yeah, yeah. And you're closer than me. I, I had 20 minutes for and, yeah, me if I wanted to go. Only yeah. like 18 yeah. minute drive. It's really not bad. And I, I, feel I love really that too. They have great pizza. They're fucking, oh, it's awesome. Yeah, Kenny runs a great show too. And oh, fucking, Kenny's a great dude. If it was on my side of town, I'd be there all the time. Well, but, it's one yeah. of the only mics that my wife is always excited to go to because yeah. you know it's like a it's at a restaurant so mm. see we we lucked out i don't know how you guys do with babysitters but we have i have a mom here in tucson and she has a mom in rio rico which ain't far from here and uh we both can like get like a tuesday every now and again or like a weekend day and and she can come to one of my shows because she loves coming to house of bards like fucking she used to go like all the time uh even when she was pregnant she was coming to get food or whatever and yeah hang out. Uh, but yeah, we get a, we get a fair, I would say like most people don't get a lot of days off as a parent, uh, but we get a fair amount. That's what, good. What about you guys? You guys we do more like solo oh, like nights. Off. So, yeah. uh, like I'll do three mics a week or three comedy. I get three comedy nights a mm-hmm. week and she has three things she does. My mom does live in Marana, mm-hmm. so, uh, she helps out a lot. My mm-hmm. mom, uh, likes to go to the comedy shows and stuff oh, nice. too though. So Hell yeah. shout out to any comedian that's gotten <laughs> drunk via my mom. Hell yeah. That's also special uh, on Tay Anthony. <laughs> Have you, so you've done comedy in front of your mom? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is it fucking that much more pressure or were you kind of like whatever about she it? She gets really drunk. So, oh, yeah, so you're she would never, she it? heard this, but she's not, she doesn't know about any yeah. podcast, but <laughs> she listens to it. She's like, I want to get drunk. And it's like, yeah, you do. Yeah. No, she, it's really not a big thing to do it in front of my mom, mm. but yeah, um, I, I had some nerves, uh, cause I've done it in front of my mom and my dad now. Uh, I had some nerves about it, but yeah, it was kind of, if anything, I think it helped me have a better show. Right? Yeah. I think if anything, it gave me a little extra oomph. I'm uh, definitely better when she's not there. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, 100%, like, I'll draw that line, but yeah. it's not because she's there that yeah. I, you it's don't just, like you know, it's a, di- you have a different vibe when you're yeah. performing and yeah. stuff, and, no, and I, I, I don't I write like my you, material for it. like some people would read the room more with their parents, they'd be like, all right, well, I gotta cut out the fucking, you know, this joke and that joke. I think it's interesting doing there. my shit in front of my wife, yeah. and, and yeah. uh, she has heard my material so yeah. much that she's like, that's not funny anymore. <laughs> good, good. My, my chick kind of won't say shit about my jokes, she'll kind of let me be an artist about it and stew on it, and I did used to have a joke, though, where I would slam her a bit, like just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, just for believing in ghosts, which is typical white girl behavior, and that's all I was kind of saying. But it did come off offensive a few times, so I, I dropped it. But uh, yeah, dude, we do have a ghost in our house. Uh, it's real. Do you, do you have a ghost? Not here. Oh, I yeah. definitely think that there was a ghost in my house growing up. Oh yeah. So I can, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We for sure got one. I'm not even gonna argue about it anymore. Um, but I also, I, it comically just became my like scapegoat. I'd be like, oh, the ghost did it. Oh, the Word, ghost did yeah. it. And that was kind of the the gist of the joke was that I could just keep the bit going if I just didn't close the door all the way and I uh-huh. waited for the swamp cooler to close the door and I'd be like fuck. And the funny part is, this is funny. Uh, we I I didn't even know a Bianca. Bianca hadn't come to town. I named the ghost in our house Bianca. Oh, nice. And then <laughs> so there's three Biancas in town. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was funny too. I was like, 
Man, now it's kind of weird because I know a Bianca. Now I gotta change the ghost's name to another, you know, person I don't know. Because I like, I hate associating things, especially if you name something. That's kind of goes back to having a kid, right? Uh, when you're naming a kid, you kind of associate every name with a person already, so it, it throws you off. But yeah, I thought that was super weird and like serendipitous. I was like, fuck, I would beat people named Bianca in my life as soon as I've named a ghost Bianca. I know. I like we said at the beginning of this. I loved the show Malcolm in the Middle mm. and my dog's name is Malcolm and then when we had our son I was like maybe we can name him Malcolm <laughs> no we have a dog is it like if my yeah. dog dies can yeah. I name him Malcolm yeah. is that weird it's, yeah. yeah it's weird you can't do that so. yeah did you, you did you name your son Malcolm no his name's Ulysses Uly- it's a weird Ulysses. ass name no yeah, that's yeah. tight I've actually no he has a list but that the, sucks the, uh, the Mexican community loves that name too my oh bu- yeah my buddy he used to pick more fucking apples than anybody's name was Ulysses oh sick yeah so that, that one's fucking bilingual dude there we go yeah that's what we were going for for yeah. Tucson he's gonna fit right in yeah yeah he'll be just fine um my kid's name is Amara. We chose oh, a, nice. we chose an interesting name, and we were kind of just like I said. I feel like every name I was like, oh, I know fucking five of those, and not I maybe maybe one of them might be good, but like I don't want to fucking associate that with this kid. So we tried to just give her a fresh one. Plus, I'm a junior. I'm technically Corey Junior. Okay. Uh, so that fucked up my whole perspective of like naming a kid after you. Whereas like my uh, cousin just had a kid today, and he named it after himself. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because he was named after his dad too. Because it's just something in this family about naming people after yourself. I don't get it, but I'm breaking the chain. I did. Um, I <laughs> thought about it, and because you had to do it with the first one, right? Yeah. You can't. Yeah, right. That can't be a second. Fucked or up. Third. Like you change weird. your mind. Yeah. Like you yeah, were you good know enough. What? We decided to make it a legacy after the third. <laughs> but yeah, I just didn't want him to be called DJ. Yeah. Because it would be Drake Junior, and yeah. I just think people would be like Deej or DJ. Yeah. See, I could have been CJ. I could have grown up as CJ, but I chose uh-huh. not to. I was like, Nah, Corey's fine. So. So yeah, no, we settled on Ulysses and just went with it. So yeah. no, that's kills a tight it. name. I I love it. Do you ever like? Because you've already done it. You've signed the birth certificate. Do you ever second guess the name? Do you ever be like, ah, I wish we would have named him this? Or nah, you, you I don't just, care. I think it's funny. It. Like most white people mm-hmm. that I work with struggle to say it. Yeah. My yeah. boss just calls him you. You. <laughs> and so <laughs> she'll text me and she's like, How you? How is you doing? And How's I'm like. You? Are you talking to no? Like, that's my kid, and yeah. like a lot of uh, people are will say like Ulysses. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, you they'll leave out the e Ulysses. Yeah, yeah. I but don't know what that I thought is. it was well enough known yeah. that people like it's weird, but not that out there. But mm-hmm. I it's been the reception I've gotten from people that it's out there. Yeah, I picked an out their name. But mm-hmm. growing, I grew up with the name Drake, and I thought I didn't meet many Drakes I growing up until very few for me. In I was life. in like eighth grade with Drake and Josh yeah. and Drake the rapper. Dog, you're talking to a guy who was his whole life was Corey in the house. Dog, oh, I know. <laughs> I fucking know, dude, what it's like to have your name associated with the fucking daytime TV show that every kid's watching. Or My best of. friend's name was Josh in oh, high so school. That, that's even funny. And so we would just always be Josh and Drake <laughs> yeah. and people usually didn't get it. But yeah. and my last funny. name's so close. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> to Bell. Mm-hmm. So Drake one letter Bell. off. I think the first time I met you, I almost called you Drake Bell. It like, happens minute, all the time, yeah. and especially like from two th- whenever that was, two thousand. <laughs> what year is it? Twenty twenty two, almost shit. But you know, almost. like eighth grade to in college, mm. but it's kind of died down. Yeah, it's not even their real names too. So fuck yeah, that. yeah, right, yeah. Fucking Jared and uh, what is it, Aubrey? Yeah, wait, we got um. I thought you were talking about Drake Bell and Josh Peck. I was like, well, that his is name actually... is Jared Drake Bell. 
Is it? Yeah. Jared Drake Bell. Wow, I didn't know that. I always thought, and, and what's funny too is he toured right through Tucson. I was putting up promotional recently, right? For I a saw show, that. and his shows were competing with mine. And then he got that he had that charge come out like, like a month later. Can't do that. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Someone played the fucking backing track to Drake and Josh. I saw that while he's reading out like his guilty charge, and that was the best. That was so fun. I don't know why I like seeing like them get in trouble, but it is it is pretty funny. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, can't he kind of got away easy. I feel doing mm. that with kid. You can't do that. Yeah, no. that's wrong. He he definitely knew he fucked up, and yeah, that's how you know when they plead guilty and they don't even try to fight it. They're like, I don't have enough money to fight this. They're like, I mean, oh. and now that they're yeah. doing on Zoom, you have to let people in because it's public. So yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like closed or anything. Yeah. So awkward for him. But yeah, you know, that is so awkward for him to just get roasted at your fucking court hearing by a bunch of fucking random people watching. And retweeting it and fucking fucking with it. Yeah, dude. Zoom fucked up a lot of things. I didn't do much Zoom comedy. And by much, I mean any. Uh, did you do any Zoom no, comedy? Not at all. I was on an improv team that mm. went virtual. Mm. And I tried and kind of stepped away and mm. then had my kid. And then definitely took the... T- just took it out. Yeah, so. just just chalked it up. As it's just out. weird. It's hard. Yeah. No, it's definitely... I will say it's a whole new muscle you're working um, I mean, I've done like, it alone uh, in my kitchen, and it's weird, so yeah. I can't do it on Zoom. I've done a few podcasts over Zoom, too, and it, it, there's this point where you're like, all right, are you talking? Am I talking? It's much easier in person that over Zoom is lost, Yeah, and it becomes just a tug-of-war conversation. Um, but I will. I was going to say another uh, whole new muscle is uh, improv, which I will admittedly say I'm ass at. I'm a written-out comic, and anytime I go off the books, I put my foot in my mouth. So I give props to improv people. And it's then, fun, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've never really even seen improv until mm-hmm. I got to Tucson. I really wasn't into any comedy until I got here, mm-hmm. and my wife really pushed me to do uh, improv. She has a theater uh, background. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so she was like, hey, you would enjoy this. Yeah, and so That's she right. was like, you'll, you'll meet people and get into some scenes and know people and get some, you know, get a hobby mm-hmm. out of it maybe. So. Yeah. And then no, it- improv's fun, and there's rules to improv, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of my gateway into meeting stand-up comedians, and mm. I met Mo through it. Oh yeah, did you start a uh, Tucson Improv Movement? Yeah, I love that place. Yeah, I was gonna say because you ran the door that when they had me at a show. Uh, yeah, I box tent for mm. them since I'm on the company. You, yeah, like those people, everyone that works there is pretty much on the company. So mm. that um, room is super. Like, I don't know if anybody said a bad word about it, but you better not. Cause that room is super intimate and uh, fucking I don't know. There's something about it, like the it's it's set up perfectly, like definitely also, with a full audience. Yeah. It's a lit room. It's really great oh, yeah. to uh, the acoustics are great. It's one of those ones too where like if someone ever did a show there and they didn't sell out, that would that would probably hurt a lot. Cause yeah, I think like, they can bro. do like 35, 40 people mm-hmm. in there. I think after 30, it starts to get tighter and tighter. Yeah, I think the last couple shows I've been to, probably about 20, mid-20s, and it felt pretty tight. And I could I could see you spitting a little more in there. Uh, but, yeah, it's like, you know, you're right on 4th Ave, so it's like just being that close. It's like Chris Quinn in the screening screen room. Right. I can't speak. Screening room. The screening room. <laughs> it's like Chris Quinn in the screening room. Being downtown, you do catch a lot of that uh, extra walkthrough. And that was with Corbett, where I started at. They were just off 4th Ave brewery so you do, and those walk-ins are everything because house of bards we do not have that we're on spe- we're in the middle yeah, of speed no accidentally well i don't know someone's the actually walk-ins. walking through you're like i don't know if you should be here no the walk-ins are terrible i just <laughs> remembered we do get walk-ins and they're always homeless people that were just in the wash they're like what's going on in i here? heard noise <laughs> yeah yeah then they come up and be like oh i love comedy 
Um, <laughs> were you here when there was the gem show? Um, I haven't been, but I've seen the gem show. We we had a mic here. like I was probably first. I wasn't or performing week, though. Uh, first or second week of the gem show, uh, we had a mic at House of Bards, and then and then there was this fucking hippie band that got double booked that night. Mm-hmm. So all these people from the fucking gem show show up and we think they're into comedy we're like what the fuck what are they coming here for and then it was because they're waiting for a band and they're all the band was like supposed to do their set and be done but nobody showed up so they did another set during our comedy and this was really early in our relationship uh-huh. with house of bards so they were totally cool with fucking us because we didn't get a lot of business there at the beginning um but yeah dude i just remember like everybody was busting out like the hippie jokes like nice. this is a fucking antifa rally you know what i mean like everybody was slamming on him and they didn't give a fuck can like, you run both uh oh sound stages at the same inside? time oh, or yeah. and i've had to a few times my last show we we had leslie barton come uh, as the headliner and uh i arrive at house of bards and the fucking parking is packed and i'm like damn we're killing it what the fuck it's like I can see the pre-sales. I know how this show is going to go. I know going into it, it's not going to be the best show. And then I get there, and the parking lot's packed, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And somebody's doing a baby shower. Oh, <laughs> I nice. I get there, and the whole front stage is all set up for a baby shower. And I'm like, okay. Because like, they got to get their money, so they'll get like any kind of event oh, in yeah. there. And especially on a gamble last night, like a comedy night, which and we fucking did terribly. I mean, no so, judgment to anybody, but yeah. the House of Bards is a pretty interesting venue for oh, yeah. a baby shower. Dude, definitely. I know, right? They did it. It was honestly. What day of the week was that? This was on a Saturday. Yeah, a Saturday so baby was, shower at yeah, the House of Bards. It was like four to, I think they had their slot was like four to six, and then we started at seven. So they they kind of bled in. We started the show super late, but they kind of didn't leave. And at a point where uh, I was about like, I don't know, probably had like 10 ticket sales, I just wanted to fill the room. So I told all of them, I'm like, yo, you guys don't have to pay. Baby shower people, you can come free. They all were like, we're good. Hell yeah. We're, we're good on that, man. Like, <laughs> Is the bar <laughs> open during the baby shower? Yeah. Could people yeah. just gone? They were getting drinks and food. Like, you know, they used Wild. it like a cool. venue. Good for them. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're friends of the place yeah. i don't know what their relationship is with house of bards but Maybe yeah just people having a good time i didn't it, even know that no was judgments. it's just yeah it's a, a very interesting my event, next uh, baby shower dog i'm fucking posting up dude i didn't know that we did a fucking family friends backyard yeah we did my mom's backyard <laughs> yeah so. yeah so fucking we house did it in, bards, it was dude. hot may so <laughs> i planned the whole thing i was so hard to since we didn't know the sex of the baby it's so hard to find oh, yeah. baby shower decorations that aren't gender reveal yeah, yeah. And so it was a lot of bachelorette party decorations <laughs> that I just like kind of restructured uh, a little bit. That's funny. We also had uh, our gender reveal around the same time that that person started a bunch of fires in California or something oh, on a gender reveal. So we we're getting a bunch of shit for it. I was like, yeah, we shut the fuck up. We're already getting shit for having a baby during the pandemic. Like, come on, like quit piling shit on top of us. You know what I mean? We're just trying to get what everybody else got, which is just a fair go at it. You know what I mean? I can't wait to hear about what they call the pandemic babies. Oh, like, I know. We definitely are going to have a mini baby boomer generation yeah. with the yeah, pandemic babies have that, here. That subtype. Well, pandas or something. Yeah. No, some. when I moved into my house, I see the Catalinas and it was when the Catalina was on fire. Oh, and yeah. So I could watch it from my front <laughs> yard. It was like front row view. Wow, yeah. We just bought this house and the mountains on fire. What a view. And that shit happens like every three or four years. So, I mean, we're due in the next couple years. But we did just have a crazy monsoon. So we're probably good for another four years with the rain we got this last year. Yeah, this was. 
I mean, to where I'm from in mm. Indiana, this was not a lot of rain. It's a lot of rain at one time. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Just flash floods and shit. Definitely. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't ready for it. I when I when I was driving pizza delivery, I was driving a fucking Acura Integra that was lowered, so the water was always higher than my car. Oh and damn! That's never a recipe for success. Yeah, um, I've only really lived in this area. I mean, it's only it's only been three years. So I lived hmm. like central and then north central. I don't really I think know. all my time's been central here. I've never really lived on any other side of town. I've always been close to Fourth Avenue downtown. That's nice. Getting the heart getting of there. Tucson, actually, more so Reed Park. I've always lived around Reed Park. Yeah, my sister lives there. That awesome. Another family friendly thing. That's. I think that's where we're gonna have my uh, kid's first birthday. Sick. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure what we're gonna do yet because that first birthday is a hard one. You know what I mean? Like, what do you, you know? Park is really like one of. The so what is that? Options. February. Yeah. Yeah. You guys want to come through? You're more than welcome. Cool. Thank you. Invited, yeah. dude. Yeah. Because we don't know what we're doing. It's the first time, first run at it. So My dad's, mail, like, my family's not. My mom's here, and my sister's here, but the rest of our family's not. And yeah. so they're, like, mailing the presents. And my dad asked if I was going to, if I would wrap his presents mm. to my kid. Mm. And I was like, no. Yeah. He's <laughs> five months old. He's not going <laughs> to, he's like, he can unwrap them. I was yeah. like, no, he, he cannot unwrap yeah. Do you forget yeah. how five month olds are? So we, uh, it's like, no, we'll just open them as we get them. Yeah, yeah. yeah save the save the planet. We we tried uh, a mock like present opening uh, with my ten month old just the other day because my uh, fiance's sister in law was here and she wanted to get them open while she was here because she's not going to be here for Christmas. And yeah, it's just the fine motor skills to rip and tear. That's like a one year, two year thing. She yeah. definitely needed all the help to open it, and I thought she'd just fucking go ham on it, but yeah, no, nah, it's not there yet. That's that's one of those things that's definitely like year two, they'll rip up some Christmas presents, year three for sure. But And so you're the first friend in your friend group to have a kid as well, or? No, nah, a few of them had, had them, but we're so staggered. None of them, none of, I don't think any of my kids, my friend's kids will be close enough in age to be friends with my kid, like where there's a okay. good three or four year gap. For the ones that do, and the ones that haven't yet, there's gonna be a three or four gap till they finally have their yeah, first kid. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So yeah, we're gonna be in the, in the middle on it. Um, yeah, do you guys got any like friends your age with kids? No. All right, well, fucking here you, we are, dog. Yeah, here yeah, we are. my only dad Let's friend. Fucking Chuck E. Cheese. Let's dad podcast. High quality Let's, dad cast right yeah, here. Yeah, dude, exactly, man. Um, now most of my friends are getting married. Oh yeah. Now, so I'm just a couple that's kind of similar though. You kind of them. still socialize in the same groups with married people and people with kids all my friends are super cool with me having a kid it's Mm. definitely changed socializing and the amount but like some of my friends will come over here before they go out yeah or i'll like drive them afterwards that's tight yeah Uh, because it's like it's it's a lot easier on your terms you know like they don't realize how much a lot of my friends personally don't realize how much goes into bringing a kid somewhere you know what i mean right have snacks and food for them diapers whatever they have to you know like uh the whole environment has to be perfect it's much easier for them to just come and hang out on your terms and then yeah like you said go drink for the rest of the night oh yeah if it's a friday yeah. and they come over you know like seven eight o'clock and leave by 10 yeah pre-game to me i'm like that was great yeah it was like, a great night and then you could go I to had bed like at three a beers I, that's <laughs> awesome normal <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, dude. I, I comedy nights like are well, have always been hard for me because I'm just a fucking. I I was a dad before I was a dad. Like mm-hmm. after nine o'clock, I'm sleepy, dude. I fucking I get tired because I've just always been on that wake up at six a.m. schedule for like as long as I can remember. Yeah, for me now, it's if I'm out, I'm a 
it's like I'm allowed to be out. We mm. like agreed on it, so yeah. I'm staying. Get I'm staying as long can. as I can. Yeah. Like we yes, have sir. a, we have like a drink agreement, mm-hmm. not a uh, amount of nights, um, out. So like mm. I only try no, to drink like four or five beers. That's clutch though. Which that's, is nice, that's, you know. Clutch, I yeah. mean, makes sense. Then I can come home. Yeah. Be productive and yeah. help. Yeah. <laughs> Like, but also like the I like the drink limit idea because I'm like we've always been like all right, well I'll leave by this hour or whatever, and it's never right, you know what I mean? With no. comedy, you're always like, ah, this should only take this long, and it never takes that long. So it's a much better approximation, you know what I mean? This many drinks as opposed to this many hours. She knows I'll text and be like, yeah, the last comedian's coming up, and I yeah. come home three hours later. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly how it is. My chick will like be watching my Instagram stories, be like, "The last comedian was three hours ago. What's going on?" <laughs> like, oh shit! I got my wife little, doesn't have social media. I got a little drunk. Uh, <laughs> my chick's all into these tracking apps, and I was looking at a few of them. They just sell your data. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you're safe. Every app can, is like that. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, you're safe, and you can track your family from potential, you know, fucking human traffickers. But also, they're gonna sell all of your data. I didn't have social media until very recently. I reactivated it mm-hmm. uh, because kind of needed as a comic. That's right? what I was yeah. told. You, I kinda, was, you really do kind of need it, like nothing. And then uh, even the big guys will tell you that. I was told like you should get Instagram, and I got that. And a week later, someone's like, you should have Facebook too, though. That's where everything's happening. That's, yeah, that's really where all that. So I don't post really on it. You can see but... all the fucking toxic comedian fights when they come around. So that's a plus side. I just stay, you know, stay out of anybody's. I like everyone for their comedy and just being part of a comedy scene. And then that's and I, how I roll on that. Honestly, then. that's going to serve you well, dude. You, I wish I could have learned that early. You could just do that now. Just nah, like, dude. now you're good. Nah, dude. You could not fix some of the things you do, especially with people, because people will always hold you to like your lowest or your worst or your shittiest mood. So it's like, I, I, I fuck with a lot of people that I fuck with, but like, my first couple of years, I've always been this argumentative person. So when I step out of, like I, like I told you, I was like getting drunk and brawling with my friends. I was like a dumbass. So coming into comedy, I'm not exactly the most like eloquent person. I'm a little ratchet, as I would say. And I would argue with people and I would be like, oh, this is one of those things where you just can't, you can't, your opinions don't matter. Like you have to just separate it like work and business. And I had trouble with it and argued with a lot of people and I showed my cards early on that one, I can't spell anything correct. And <laughs> two, I get mad at other people's opinions and that's not a good, that doesn't help me at all. And like I said, you are going to get booked, you already get booked more than me, but in the long run, you are going to get booked so much more than me because you're neutral with everybody, dude. No one's going to be like, yo, fuck that guy. Well, I, I like- mean, you. I don't know the history. Like I've said, I'm newer to the scene. Yeah. I'm really newer to mm-hmm. the social media scene. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. I like to think that if people are genuine and try to bury a hatchet, I like to trust yeah. that both parties will go away in yeah. agreement of that. But and, and with comics, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the ins and outs of it. So yeah. it's with, easier to say that as a neutral <laughs> yeah. third party who really just wants to get along um, with everyone. Yeah. And I will say with comics, there's never any – most comics that have beef with each other, as soon as they're in the same room, they're friends or they're acquaintances right. or there's not – comic comedy is not one of those things. It's not a big like – you know, fucking alpha male thing where someone's got to come and get up in another person's face. They'll 100% work in the same room and not talk to each other, or they'll feel like, oh, what's up, dude? Good set. And that's it. And they'll hate each other or they won't. And uh, Take it to the stage. Yeah, talk about of, each other there. Yeah, that's always it's funny. It's one of those things, yeah, where, like, yeah, it can be fuel. It can definitely help. But, yeah, it's one of those things, too, where 
Um, like I said, they get solved in the same room. But if you never see someone in the same room and you only argue over the internet, that's it, dude. Like, that's fucking. That's your side. This is my side. People just draw lines, and that's been my ex- my experience in three years. But like I said, I kind of I know that I did that to myself. So I tell newer people like. If I if I ever have advice from me, I'm like, hey, dude, just keep your nose down. Like it's 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 work out here. It's not really like, you know, nobody out here is trying to fucking I don't know, be friends. Like you can find friends here, but don't go into it like trying to impress people. Don't go into it fucking with your opinions. Just treat it like work. It's really like the best advice I can give to newer newer people who come through, especially people that join the groups because it'll happen. I'm telling you, I can almost set my clock to it every like six months or so. Like something toxic just boils up and. It kind of sucks in all the people that are willing to get sucked in. That was a large portion yeah. of why I got rid of social media in the first place. I felt mm. it wasn't it's just a lot of a po- parts. It was less positivity in my life, mm. and it was just consuming a lot of my time. Mm. And so I stepped away from it. And now, like, I don't post on like any Facebook. It's really mm. just to keep up with those pages. Yeah. And then Instagram's is- just like just my comedy on it it's so. a much more peaceful living like you know what i mean plus you get back a ton of time and time is fucking precious you know what i mean like it's always fun when yeah. i didn't have it though trying to meet people because uh-huh. they'd be like oh what's your instagram or yeah, what's this and i'd be, be like, like oh the weirdos, like i don't have you one. can text yeah. me and they're like oh mm. i guess that's a way i could get a yeah, hold of somebody right. send a pigeon yeah so. yeah but no, now I have it. So. It is weird. It's like a it's like a weird social contract we've all signed and just agreed upon. And I don't know. I can't imagine a world without it. People someday are like, we're all leaving Facebook. Facebook's evil. It censors you. I'm like, yeah, but what are you going to do? Well, there's always yeah. a new one, right? Yeah. Like TikTok's really popular yeah. now. and TikTok, I did not see it getting as big as it is now. Well, I'm, I don't have it, yeah. but I assume there's a messaging feature, at, like mm. Snapchat and it's, everything. Yeah, it's, I assume all they're all the similar 100%. ideas. I remember Vine. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's another, it's a more polished version. There was time. like Whisper or something mm-hmm. where you could... You were anonymous, just like yeah. in a neighborhood. Yeah, it's kind of like next door, but without your address <laughs> as associated. Next yeah. door is definitely my favorite social media. What's to have. next door? I don't think I've even heard of that one. Uh, it's you put your address in, and it mm-hmm. ties you to your neighborhood, and so a bunch oh. of people just bitch about this stuff going That's on in nice. your neighborhood. No, I, but I like, it's usually it's usually stuff like who the fuck's lighting fireworks? <laughs> off? I mean, that's where I live. I yeah. live in the, so uh, like I get fireworks uh, blocked out. Yeah. So. Um, I was going to say, I'm in a, a group on Facebook called Tucson Police Scanner, and it literally is just like every other post is like, yo, what's happening on 34th and <laughs> Yo, who's firing a gun on South 6th Ave? Or it's like, yo, the Alvernon Circle K just got robbed, and that's like it. So you get to kind of keep like a, a real-time track on all the crime. But sometimes I'm like, I don't want to know this. But then sometimes I'm like, I'm glad to know this, kind of in a weird way. Yeah, you definitely yeah. get an affinity for, was that a car accident? Yeah. Or was that a gunshot? Yeah. Or was that just like a random loud noise yeah. that you'd have to worry about? And every once in a while, you hear it too, and the guy's asking the question you would have asked, <laughs> and you get the answer from there him because he asked. But yeah, no, that's cool. I didn't know that app existed. Um, I wonder if any of my neighbors are fucking on it. Um, oh, I guarantee. I bet, dude. And here's the weird thing. The first time my motorcycle got stolen, it was the guy who had it was way too close to me. He lived like, like, I don't know, two blocks, three blocks. And I just didn't look at my own neighborhood. I didn't think anybody was that dumb. But I, like I said, I had to get like a, like 800 shares, like 1,000 shares on Facebook of the stolen uh, vehicle post to get my neighbor to be like, yo, it's in his backyard. I can see it right now. 
And I'm like, what's the address? And I punch it in, and I'm like, what the? When Google asks you if you want to walk to it, I'm like, that's too close. Do you just show up and be like, give me back my bike? I, or? That's basically what happened. I had, I had to bring, like, my buddy, like, my brother-in-law and my really big friend because, like, the guy was a child molester and a tweaker, so we had to okay. kind of be prepared for anything, like, get a criminal record. So you didn't go through police. You were like, no, we're going to well, go Well, the police left back. me on hold, bro. I didn't know the police had a voicemail, and you can get left on red until I needed them. And it turns out, yes, you can. And yeah, Tucson, I read, yeah. has not a great uh, answering system. Yeah, um, the guy got back to me, like, the next day at, like, 2 a.m. and woke me up in the middle of the night. It wasn't very professional mm. whatsoever. And then, I mean, I could complain all day about the cops. I fucking will if you let me. But I'll just say, and I tell this to everybody, call the cops and order pizza. And see and see who comes first. See who's who's paid to come first. The pizza comes really exactly, fast here. Exactly, so. dude. And uh, tip them with uh, fucking some fucking weed. While yeah, you're absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I had my bicycle stolen in mm-hmm. college, and I reported it through the police. Did and they then, even try? Well, I then crossed. I was at the rec center where I was working, and mm-hmm. I biked there. And then I walked to the res hall across the street. So mm-hmm. I don't know, 150 yards give or take. Mm-hmm. And I was walking past the bike rack and was like, oh, I'll just let you know, you know, who – yeah there it was there yeah <laughs> so i called the cops and we're like hey i just reported my bike stolen how do i uh, like can i take my bike back or do yeah. you have to what come you, yeah like well you could just cancel the report yeah because i didn't want to get i mean at yeah. that moment in time i thought people would really be looking for it but yeah now i know better yeah yeah well and what's funny is when i took mine back so i mine happened at like, like the george floyd riots in tucson which was like a it was like the worst excuse for a riot. You couldn't even call it a riot. It was just people, like, posting on social media and just, like, gathering in a mass. But either way, they had all the cops downtown at the downtown police station, which they were supposedly going to, like, fucking torch or whatever. Uh, they didn't do anything. All they did was make the rest of the city just get flooded with crime. And mine happened on that day. You know what I mean? When my neighbor hit me up, if she had had that app, maybe she would have hit me up sooner. But, I, you know, I had to get, like, 800 shares to get her to see it. Uh, but when she finally hit me up, the the cops were too busy downtown to act to send somebody. So like I said, it took them like two days to get back to me, and I was like, "Fuck that! It's here. I'm gonna get it while I know where it's at." Because he, you know what I mean? He could just move it tomorrow to a different place. I don't know where it's at. So I I made the choice to make a move, and we tried so hard with the cops, dude. At one point, because my brother-in-law, he's a little more. He used to be a blood. He's a little more gangster, and so that's why I bring him on such uh, calls um, when I have to form a little posse. Uh, which I've had to do a few times now, unfortunately. Fuck you, Tucson. Okay. I love you, but fuck you. Um, but you, So in that case, we called the cops and we're like, hey, we see the bike right there. We need you to come and respond. We've done all the footwork for your cro- for the like fucking police report. We've done it all. We've done your job. Come here and just see through the last bit of it. Uh, and they're like, no, nah, we can't. Nope. And they kept telling us, like, oh, you're on the list. And we waited two hours, three hours. I had a buddy waiting the whole time in a BMW ready to take off and chase him if he took off on the bike. and Because, uh, like, we just had every bit of it covered. But they're at, after, like, three hours, they're like, yo, let's get this over with. You know what I mean? And I was feeling the same way because he wasn't there. He was using his mom's house as a chop shop. So we didn't even run into the guy. Uh, just okay. a bunch of stolen vehicles on his mom's property. And we asked her, like, when you saw a 2019 bike show up in your yard, you didn't ask any questions? She's like, nope. And I'm like, you're just as guilty. You can't do that. Um, But, yeah, we waited. And at one point, we called the cops and we're like, hey, we're about to go up in this place and steal our shit back. Uh, If you don't come and stop us, it's happening right now. And they told us, like, that's illegal. We can fucking give you a ticket for that. And we just hung up on them and did it anyway. Hmm. And then we finally uh, finished the report and told them we got it back. They're like, hey, 
you botched the crime scene by stealing it back like they were going to do forensics, right? Like they're going to fucking show Fingerprint out. the whole thing. Like they were going to shell out some CSI money. Um, and, yeah, so they just told us that, you know, that we can't charge the guy. You stole it back. You fucked up the investigation. So I really wanted to do it the right way this time, the second time my bike was stolen. And uh, there's no there's no justice. Let me tell you that. Cause did you go check that guy's house to be like, did you steal my bike? I did, I did follow up because that was my first move. I was like, this motherfucker better not still be in the same spot, stealing the same shit. But so my bike was actually just found a week ago in Nogales. Oh, they I found just, it. I just got it back. This time it was like three months. And uh, I was thinking, you know, maybe so, this time since I didn't you know, interfere in the crime scene, maybe they'll get some fingerprints. Because they were talking this big game about how, like, the rubber grips on a motorcycle catch fingerprints and sweat easy. Huh. And they can catch people. And I, they did not sound confident, right? So I didn't believe them. And uh, sure enough, they, the guy just... They really lift prints off the bike. Apparently. I don't huh. believe it, but apparently... And it's not a, it's not like a solid object. There's like ridges, so I don't see how they would in the first place. But whatever, I digress. Uh, my bike was found at a Burger King. If you've ever been to Nogales, there's one Burger King right by the border crossing. I've been there. That's where it was found. They just left it in the Burger King parking lot. Probably just walked across the border and then dipped out. But they just left it, and it is so fucked up. There are so many body parts on it that aren't its body parts. So this went to a shop, okay, some kind of fucking chop shop, and they just swapped out all the pieces, grinded off all the green, so it's just a silver color now. And they put all and they laid it down a few times. They fucked it up. They were having too much fun. Uh, but yeah, I didn't hear from the cops. I got a I got a letter in the mail that's like, hey, to avoid lot fees, you should go get your stolen vehicle, which is in, you know, this fucking shop in Nogales. And this was. You know, four or five days into getting lot fees. Oh, wow. You. So thanks, TPD. And that's 30 bucks a day. Thanks, TPD. So four or five days into it, they're like, to avoid these fees, you should go and get it. They didn't even call me and say we found it. They didn't even, I, didn't, I don't even know what happened. Like, I had to hear from the tow guy that there was, because at first I thought someone got caught on it, like riding without plates. Uh-huh. Not the case. They just they just surrendered it. They're like, we're done with it. It'd be wild if it yeah. was souped up. Nice. No, That'd right? been it great. It came back better. Like, it's <laughs> got fucking hidden machine guns or something. Nah, not the case. If uh, you're stealing motorcycles, at least return them it, better yeah, than the way you found them. at least get some West Coast custom shit on Come it. On. Pimp my ride a little. That's all I'm asking. But yeah, they just left it all shitty and chopped up, and, and the guy was just like, yeah, it was just abandoned. Like, we didn't find anybody on it, and I'm like, huh. There's no justice. Honestly, <laughs> that's I think that's wild that you got it back. Congrats. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, we'll see what I can get for it because she's fucked up. But, yeah, I am glad to have it at least because it's better than someone out there yeah. know, getting one on me. I guess that's all it comes down to. <laughs> that's wild. I No, I really can't believe that you got it back. I just always yeah. thought when yeah. cars and stuff went missing here, they were just gone forever. Well, and I thought I could repeat the magic because, you know, I got so many shares that first time. I thought, oh, this second one's going to be easy. We're going to find this in a day or two. And, yeah, this is months after. This happened in, like, November or September. Uh, this is It's been a while. This guy literally, like I said, he surrendered it. He gave up the game. He was so far into, like, and like I said, I got a message from TPD three days after the case opened that they shut the case. They're like, eh, if we find it, we find it. And yeah. We're done looking. Uh, but, yeah, so it's it's really a joke. So if you want to commit crimes, there's, like, almost nothing stopping you out here. Don't don't let that be an invitation. But <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a it, fact. <laughs> you don't have to start crime. You, know, you, you don't, don't have to. to like... But I will say you'll get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> Easier to get away with. Steal motorcycles, guys. Everybody, it's the new thing. Uh 
And then, yeah, just give them up when you're done. Don't be a dick, you know? <laughs> Soup them up. Yes, but yeah. Invest some a, time into it. Be a good person about it. Yeah, yeah. If Make you sure. steal it, you can put four or $500 into yeah. it, you know, let somebody else steal it. Yeah, like leave it better than you found it, you know? It's a general rule. It's like how we like to keep the beach, you know? Um, well, that's an hour 13. We can sign off there if you want. Fucking Sounds good, dude. Thanks for having me. Ride. This is my first podcast ever. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, welcome, dude. It's fucking... It's a fun thing. Like, sometimes I'll do them at the open mic, and I don't know. That's awesome. No, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming over. Of course, dude. Thanks for having me at your beautiful house with your basset hound and your lovely family. Thanks for jumping on the podcast, and uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Of course. All right. I'm killing it. Bam. This concludes our broadcast day. Good night, and God bless America.